Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, what near-death experiences may teach about life on the other side. Today we're going to share the experience of Philip from Enderf.org, and I love this experience. I, it, it's one of these ones that it's, it's really stereotypical in a lot of ways, and yet it has enough unique elements that I... I I certainly don't think this was made up. This, this very much uh, fits what I've read elsewhere. But it's it's just beautifully a beautiful summation of you know what many experience in the near death experience and in uh, in not incredible detail, but in enough detail to get us give us a feel for. Anyway, I'll comment afterward. So Philip says. I was lying in bed, as I do right before I go to sleep. I reached over and turned off my light. The next thing I knew, there was a sharp pain in my chest, and then a blanket of darkness fell over me. Suddenly there was a popping feeling from my body, and the next thing I knew, I was floating above my bed. I was floating above my body. I could see myself as another person would. It was not like a mirror. It was as if I was looking through someone else's eyes. I discovered that I could move, and at an exponential speed, too. I examined my body from top to bottom, front to back. I had a feeling of weightlessness, no more feeling. My body was just lying there, its eyes closed, its hands clutching its chest where the incident had occurred. All of a sudden... I noticed two figures, figures like me. I sensed that I knew them, but not in this life. In fact, not in any life. They greeted me and asked me how I had taken all of this, how I had taken all of this. I felt peaceful, no feelings of anguish or any sort of pain. We did not speak. There was no need. It was like telepathy, but even more evolved than that. I had remembered by this time that they were angels, my guardians. They were also my best friends before life, when I was not a physical being, but when I was like them before all of this. One soon left, and the other told me to follow the path that I had chosen for myself. He told me that I could stay and that oft times many do, to comfort the loved ones, or I could leave them, and God could comfort them in my stead. He then left quickly. The next thing I knew, I was being sucked into a wake of some sort, a tunnel of blackness or darkness, but it was not frightening. It was peaceful and very warm. I could feel only good in it. I do not know how long that had lasted, or even if there was such a concept as time at that moment. I was then released from the tunnel into pure light. I saw a figure approach. Not really a figure, as it was just a being made of light with no form. It's difficult to explain. I knew at the moment I saw him, that it was Jesus the Christ. He took me into his arms and told me that I was not supposed to have entered this existence yet, 
He asked me if I had any questions about the world, and I did. Thousands of them. I asked, and he answered them just as quickly as I had asked them. I was gaining huge knowledge about the world and everything in it, about the existence of man and its purpose. He then told me that he was to take me to the Father. He did so. As I exited the room of light, I entered a world, a new universe, filled with an uncountable number of colors. I noticed how I was pure light. I was pure light. I noticed others, too, other deceased. All were made of light. It was taken, or I was taken, to another place. It was as if it were billions of miles away, but we were there instantly. We entered a huge chamber, another chamber of light. There was a throne, sort of, God was sitting upon it, and Jesus was at his right hand. The Virgin Mary was present as well, and also John the Baptist. God rose from his chair and then greeted me. All the while since I had first seen Jesus, there was an irrepressible feeling of love. Love for one another, love for the world and all of its people, a feeling of overwhelming peace. There were no bad feelings in this entire experience. God asked me, How did you serve your fellow man? I told him that I did not know. Just then my soul filled with my entire past, and almost instantly it was over. My whole life was looked at and through, and my whole life was judged in an instant. God then told me that I had, been just, uh, I had been judged justly and that I was welcome into his kingdom of heaven, but that it was not my time to leave the human existence. He stated also, since I was here already, he would not force me to leave. He told me that if I should leave, after experiencing such a thing, I would only go back to a world where the pain would now magnify. I was ornery at first, and to make this decision, but God told me exactly what my purpose should be. He told me my purpose, but then told me that most of the knowledge, including the knowledge of my purpose, would be taken from me if I chose to go back. I do not remember the knowledge that was given to me, nor the purpose that God had in mind anymore, but I do still trust him. Apparently, I made the choice to come back. The world is now more painful than I remember it, but I have complete knowledge of where I am going and no fear. There's no need for me to have faith in the Lord now, as I have in, as I have in my mind factual information. <clears throat> anyway, I remember that all the way up to the point of choosing, and then I felt a rush, and some sort of breeze, as if I were traveling at super speeds, and then a popping sensation. I then woke up in a hospital bed, where there was a sheet over me. I opened my eyes, and there was more darkness, but not pure darkness, just night darkness. I felt heavy. I felt cold and clammy, sweaty. I had a nasty taste in my mouth, and my chest hurt. I tried to lift my arm, but it hurt too much. 
I lay there, regaining my strength. Then I pushed the sheet off, walked out of the room, I, I went out the door, and recognized the hospital as the one I normally attend for my regular appointments and such. I went to the waiting room where my parents were. My mother was crying, and my father looked dazed. I said something, and I said something, and they whipped their heads around. A doctor and nurse came running down the hall, and then more from another hall. My mom screamed and then fainted, and my father bolted up as if terrified. The doctor just started asking questions, and I answered them as quickly as I could. I was dead for nearly four hours. It felt as if I was in heaven for days and days. They made me go back to my room, and my father followed. My mother was put up on her own bed. She woke up shortly after and came running in, hugging and kissing me. They asked questions, too. They told me that they saw me dead. My father had come in the night shortly after I had expired. He had heard a yell from me that I do not remember, or that I did not remember. He checked my pulse and everything else, too, and could find nothing. The doctors were 100% sure that I was dead. I had no activity in any part of my body. It is both a mystery why I had died in the way that I did and then arose. I am living my life now as I had before, but with a new knowledge, a knowledge that strengthens not only me, but all whom I talk to. That is the end of the experience. And that experience took place in, in January of 2004, and um, I think it's a good example, first off, of, uh, of how death, you know, when there's the argument about, well, were they really dead? I mean, if they're, not, if they're coming back, then they weren't fully dead. I, I'm sorry, that, that argument just doesn't hold water. It, when the spirit leaves the body, the body dies. And, you know, maybe not immediately, but it will die. And the fact is, our spirit and our body are two separate entities. And saying that, um, that you have to be fully, completely, utterly, undeniably, unreturnably dead in order for your spirit to leave your body, it just doesn't, just doesn't measure up to what the, what the uh, uh, research shows. Sometimes people, you know, just, you know, I don't know, uh, stop breathing while they're sleeping and boom, they're out of their body instantly and wake up with a gasp. And other times they, you know, hit their head and, and they're out in the other world and so forth. And, and they come back and they're told, you know, you were, you were out for a good 20 minutes. Not dead, but out. And, uh, and the experiences are similar enough that you can't deny that they're near-death experiences. So, I mean, it's kind of a moot argument, I guess, to say, well, but were you really, 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 really dead? You know, I, it, that's not the point. Um, if the spirit leaves the body, then you're not experiencing the body anymore. Not fully, anyway. Anyway, so I love this experience because he um, not only experiences the tunnel and the light and, and all that, but he has this encounter with Jesus Christ who takes him to God. And, you know, some people kind of 
scoff or have doubts when they hear of a throne and and Jesus literally being on the right hand of God and so forth. But we got to re- you got to remember that in near death or not near death experiences, but in in the spirit world, it appears that <clears throat> things figurative are also literal in in so many ways. And and so figuratively, God has a throne and that Jesus Christ is at his right hand, symbolizing that he is, you know, his only begotten son, that he's his, he's the the savior of all of us and so forth. But uh, that doesn't negate the fact that there is actually a throne. Now, whether he sits in it like a king generally is, is totally beside the point. I mean, it's there often uh, the experiences people have they see things in order to teach them or to symbolize to them certain things and share certain things with them for someone to see god sitting on a throne with jesus christ at his right hand not only is it you know i mean does it fit many experiences uh, that we read about not only does it fit scripture but it also fits this understanding that we have about the spirit world that Things can be both literal and figurative at the same time. And, uh, and that the, the spirit world is so vast and so incredible that um, where often expectations have a bearing on where you go. And because it's so vast, from what we can tell, um, you can expect just about anything in terms of good, you know, positive things and you're likely to find or be guided to a place where that is there you know if you enjoy you know potluck lunches at parks you know you'll likely experience that if you want to when you get to the other side if you like jungles or you know want to be in the throne room of god you're likely to go there too so anyway um a little bit of a tangent there but i really Uh, like this experience a lot, and I like how he's told, you're not done on that side, but you're welcome to stay, and then he's told, but if you do choose to go back, it's going to be hard, because you've seen the alternative, and that seems to be the case, but he does say, I am living my life now as I had before, but with a new knowledge, a knowledge that strengthens not only me, but all whom I talk to. Very cool. If you would like to contact the podcast, either to share your own experience, to ask a question, or leave a comment, you can do so by emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDE-CAST. If you do call, it will give you three minutes to leave a message. Then you can call right back if, uh, if that's not enough time and just continue your message. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by purchasing the book Life in the Spirit World, or you can go to patreon.com slash ndecast and become an ongoing monthly contributor. And with that, thank you all of you so much again for listening.